everyone. Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We have reached episode 721. This is being recorded on May 3, 2023, and I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walbrith. And I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. You can uh, support us on Patreon, become a patron of the PC Per Performance Arts, of which this is, because this is performance art, obviously, uh, by going to patreon.com slash PC Per. We are uh, embracing that platform, which rewards creators and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Davey S., you get a shout out. Brad D, you get a shout out. Yeah. Chris oh, Brad. is happy. And we're happy. And so are we. Yes. Gets Chris, Chris, uh, I may have missed uh, a, um, a Patreon uh, donation from you earlier. I apologize. He mentioned it in the YouTube chat. And I'm like, wow, I missed one. Oh. I apologize. I'm sorry. So I, his, uh, I made it Chris is happy now. He may have been unhappy oh, earlier, okay. but now yeah. now Good. he's Good. now he's happy. So right. <laughs> yay. Yeah. You know what else Chris. you know what else will make him happy besides this shout mm. out? Burgers. Mm. Burgers. Burgers. Exactly. Mm. Burgers. Yes. Up. Burger time. All right. So uh, let me grab my phone. Actually I don't need that. It's the Plainsman. And I uh I, I did a little bit different. Uh, it's uh it's a smash burger with onion. I did double patties, jalapenos. Chipotle ketchup, and I can't remember what else, but it was a dirty, awful mess that tasted exceptionally good, and just a good enough amount of spice. The Chipotle ketchup is really wonderful, from wonderful. Yeah, it's cheddar. I think it's melted cheddar in there as well, but it's super rich. Uh, the smash burgers perfectly done, a little crust on the outside, but nice, tender, and juicy on the inside. You can just see those toppings just dripping off. It was great. Somehow a mushroom stuck in on there. I don't know how. But anyway, the tots were perfectly done. They didn't get too uh, too wilty in the box. Nice crisp on the outside. Tender on the inside. And lightly seasoned. It was all very, very good. So yeah, the Plainsman. I've, I've had it before. I've talked about it before. But sometimes you just got to go back because uh, the uh, the special. Ooh, well, thank you. Um, the special was the same as last week. Curd is the word. So and I didn't feel like that much cheese again, which saying that would probably get me kicked out of Wisconsin. Our top story tonight is, of course, the sad news that Microsoft is discontinuing Microsoft branded peripherals that means oh. that microsoft keyboards are a thing of the past or will be soon microsoft mice microsoft branded webcams gone they they got out of the wheels and the joysticks ages ago and now they're yeah because i kind of like the sculpt that is sculpt right that they had that yeah. they're the new ergonomic mm-hmm. keyboard which is actually pretty pretty sharp looking even though it mm-hmm. was a uh, membrane it was uh Super comfortable and nice to type on. Sorry, I, I'm looking at this Verge report, and uh, apparently just... Ah, uh, you scratched the surface, have you? There'll no. be a, an extra price because oh. it's Surface now. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's working for Apple, right? To sell, you know, specifically iPad-branded keyboards or accessories of things of that is nature. It? So, you know what? Sell it's sell very well anymore. Microsoft is a fast follower in that space, don't you think? Fast follower? Fast. You <laughs> Sorry. I, mean, I almost... I Almost was able to say that without cracking up. Microsoft Surface is their Apple Envy brand, so yes, yeah. you can you can hate, hate me. My but point. Give me some negative comments. My point exactly. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, no, we well, already I'm talked about that. a Surface, so I did. They've gotten better. That was a sort of a joke story because exactly. At least they're not zooming it. Who would? No. What company in their right mind would take a recognizable brand and rebrand to something? Oh, I can think of at least one. Of Nobody's them. ever done that. Nope. I got Quick an idea story. for a for a story <laughs> later, though. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> Speaking of things being discontinued, no more feature updates for Windows 10. Period. Get off of Windows well, 10. Done. Microsoft says, "Out with the old, in with the new." 22 well, H2, H2. Windows has reached its final form. Hey, it's finally so done. This, 
it is now the actually literally the final build of Windows. Hey, Gold Master status. Yes. For Windows 10. No longer a beta. And no, please move over to Windows 11. Please. Yeah. please. It's finally can, done. Can you come? It's it's finally done. That's, that but was it's, my point. It's, so, it's, no it's ready. It's finally, finally good. No more updates. Sorry. It'll be insecure in a week. Oh. It was what, 2015? Yeah. When it came out. And it's good till 2015. And uh, yeah, if you think of it, uh, what? Uh, Windows XP was pretty long lived, but you know, it was what, 2008? So about eight, no, less than that. It was 2001, 2002, it was released. And then, uh, but yeah, this is probably one of the longest lived Microsoft OSs other than like Windows 2000, which you could still find those installed in 2010. Now, there was a server yeah. version of that, though. That's one of the yes, reasons why I think 2000 lived for so long. Yes. Yeah. Still see lots of instructions for boxes running that. But yeah, and yeah. It's yeah, even Windows got more 7 was five years until Windows oh, 8 yeah. hit. And then, and then Windows 8 was not long at all. No. <laughs> I like yeah. XP improved or Windows 7 as it became known. Yeah. That yeah. was not Don't XP forget Vista. improved. Well, I can't. I will. Vista, the first time I get real marketable 64-bit OS. I mean, Windows XP 64 was nice. It was probably one of the better OSs they ever released. What really? And um, but yeah, what you you thought it was one of the better OSs they ever released? Oh yeah, the 64. Oh, it was so it was so solid. It was it was damn near bulletproof. Um, I know Alan was faster. I never was brave enough. Oh, yeah. oh, I no, love I used Windows XP 64. And you could run the Far Cry 64 bit on it. Oh. Yep. That was the big selling point. Our next story isn't really a story. It's a discussion topic because we, we haven't done our own independent testing on the whole, you know, exploding. Well, okay, let's just look at Gamers Nexus here. Uh, we exploded the AMD Ryzen 7 7800 X3D and melted the motherboard video from three days ago, approaching a million views. It'll have a million views probably by the time you see this. And a great job with the, you know, the YouTube correct clickbait um, style. Not saying mm, that yep. Steve was doing clickbait. It's the but face. It's got the it's face the numbers. with the expression. It's got the numbers. It's got words with yep. it. It's got a big it's got arrow. arrow. It's got an explosion yes, effect. Yep. Like a fire effect. Highlighting appropriately placed. Colors. Yep. Lots mm-hmm. of colors. Yeah. Yep. It's, eye, it's... eye grabbing, catching. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you uh, watch the video... There's a way, basically, to repeat. It's not easy, but you can recreate the issues that was that were first uh, showcased in that infamous Reddit post that's been quoted everywhere. We used it as our thumbnail last week. Everybody has been talking about this issue. It's very hot. Ah, uh-huh, I saw what you did there. Yep. But do you feel? Do any of you feel now that more and more motherboard company? You know, I know MSI. Let's see. There's already a beta BIOS for the one. Right here, the Ace. I can update that right now to a new version that says, by following the mitigation from AMD, fix CPU SOC voltage upper limit for Ryzen 7000X3D and non-X3D series CPU, which might affect the performance of certain <laughs> Expo memory modules. <laughs> but Sebastian... Like anything with 1.4 volts or more just doesn't yes, start anymore? Your 1.4 kits. <laughs> what? Uh, I, yeah. what about well, them? We'll talk about the 1.4 kit later, which okay. I did review a 1.4 kit. In, in these uncertain times, I said, I'm throwing caution to the wind. We're going we're gonna to push it to the limit and move to the Intel platform and then test high-performance memory over there. Not here. Looking at the comments here, uh, Al in YouTube says, that's a BIOS before they really knew what the cause was. Yeah, and this is from 428. AMD had already made their second statement. And I think that MSI is working with the information that they were given by AMD behind the scenes. But we'll see. That's the thing, that's the thing about AMD platforms. I'll get on my soapbox for just a minute here because my voice is annoying and you probably don't want to hear this. But... Um, AMD releases a new platform every so many years. And that platform starts off shaky, uh, plagued with issues. Uh, and then over time, the microcode for the CPU and the platform itself get more mature. And usually by the second revision of everything, 
it's really mature. It's solid. If you were to go back and buy yourself an X570 board and a you know Ryzen 5000 processor, you would be just amazed at how rock solid it is and 3, how fast it boots up. Why not 5000? Well, oh, no. Are you are you talking about if you buy one now? Yeah, like if you were to buy a, a B550 or a B or a X570 oh, okay. board and a, like a yeah, Ryzen yeah, 5800 X3D. It's rock. For some reason, I thought you were talking so, about when you were bought that originally, which was the X570 and the, the 3000 series launched together. No, but I'm anyway. just saying now. Because if you bought it when it launched, yeah. it was buggy and it had problems. Yeah. yeah. And I had I went through all these headaches with memory overclocking even back then. But that was initial launch stuff. I got the stuff before it launched for its infamous 7.7. Well, remember, they launch. were trying to squeeze a lot of code into a much smaller... Into a right, smaller and then, space. yeah, the, some yeah. of the code updates that fixed things and improved memory compatibility mm -hmm. also did things like, you know, bumping support for older generation processors on AM4. That's the thing. Yep. Because there wasn't enough space on the... Anyway, <clears throat> uh... You should regardless. have seen Slot A. I love yeah. Slot Yeah. I built my first computer using Slot A. A Slot A Athlon... Ridiculous. I bought used in 2002 or three. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so is this, is this an issue still? Are you worried about AM5? Is this going to affect anybody long-term? Because Gamers Nexus, one of the things that one of the points in their video was uh, they were doing accelerated aging testing. But unless something had been done, which obviously AMD is working to address, uh, it seems like there would have been possibly premature uh, death for a lot of processors. What am I trying to say? Like <laughs> the morbidity rate? But yeah. anyway. <clears throat> I'm not terribly worried about this long-term. I think they're going to fix it, and they'll figure it out. And it's... But it could be, you know, a couple of months before things are a little bit more comfortable, and uh, we stop seeing the horror stories. So hold on to your bootstraps. And otherwise, I yeah, I upgraded my AM4 platform to a... 5800X3D, and I couldn't be happier. Well, I could be happier if my kids had a job and moved out of the house. Are you going to blame Asus for that, or are you going to... Yeah, that's probably not Ooh. them. Ooh. Yeah, we don't yeah, maybe I'll contact JJ. Things, but, yeah. See if mm -hmm. I can... Yeah. JJ's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. All right. You know who else is a nice guy? Alvin... Wait, no. What is his name? Alan. Alan. Alan Malvin... Maltivino. Mal yes. Maltivino. That guy uh, uh, who used uh. to sit, like, if I was Ryan Trout, he would be, like, right here next to me. Yeah. Alan Malvintano. Leaning in for the hot take. Yeah, but he's not. He's not with us anymore. He's not, no. You know, if Alan he's still were alive, here, but he's just he is, not he with is us. here. He's, yeah. No, he's, he's alive and doing Wendell's podcast. He's, he's doing, doing some... Uh -huh. He's doing solid yeah. work, though. He's doing level one tech. Solid. Not but he's also doing tech. solid, solid <clears throat> work. Then again, I didn't ask yeah. him to do our podcast. I would love for him to do our podcast again. I just need to, you know, He'd do it. talk to him and, you know, yeah. communicate like an like yeah. adult. I'm going to be okay. at his house in a month. I'll, we'll do the podcast from there. Let's there talk about go. where Alan ended up. Our next story revolves around Solidime, the company that uh, Alan Malvantano works for now in case you didn't know. Because Solidime is what remains, kind of. It's like the spiritual successor to the Intel storage group. I, I thought I thought it was just kind of, not, not that the people quit, it's just that it was spun off. It, yeah, it was spun and off they, and sold they, to SK Hynix. They, and the they formed an alliance with SK Hynix, yeah. Yeah, something like, I don't really know the, I've read the press release, but Solidime Synergy 2.0 software has been released and it offers new features to optimize and personalize storage performance. Now, this this doesn't sound very exciting, but here here's what is going on here. It's free. It's software that improves performance of your SSD. It's kind of like intelligent SSD caching. Brett, you'll know all about this. Imagine, oh, if yeah. you will, sure. an operating system that can take an SSD, like a small SSD, and a hard drive and intelligently cache the two uh, wait, wasn't that built I've into Apple's Mac OS? Like, I've heard it, of this. They called it Fusion, right? It's yeah, like it was, they it was brought two things together and fused them. Hmm. They had a name for that. One of the escapes me. absolute worst hard drives of all time, the Seagate SSHD. <laughs> had eight mm -hmm. gigs of, of SSD, was spinning, and it just 
constantly got slower and slower. And it's supposed to be, you know, a fast, snappy drive because it would intelligently balance out those things. There was nothing intelligent about the SSHD. It sucked. Well, you don't have to worry about that. Because on macOS, it was supposed to balance this out and pull most heavily used things into the solid state portion. You know what? But and it worked really well, especially if you had like 128 gig SSD instead of those terrible like little 32 or whatever they put in there, 48s. True, it did work reasonably well, but the OS had to understand the topology mm -hmm. of the drive. Yes. So Solidime has this uh, Synergy Toolkit. It offers personalization and ease of use. I'm just reading off of this press release here. A reimagined and dynamic graphical user interface. You can monitor your SSD activity, run reports via the operating temperature, track drive health. Now, when I was trying to pick Alan's brain about this technology, uh, the thing that I kept thinking of was, it sounds like that H10 product, the Optane Plus SSD, but his feeling about this is that it's way more advanced, that it's not as limited as that implementation of caching was so i am excited to try this out i have a couple of solid i drives i don't think you even need a solid i drive maybe you do so well yeah, there's two things there's like a driver and a toolkit and okay. so the toolkit will work with everything okay i just installed this before the podcast i was living dangerously installed it nice. restarted everything's up and so you know the big improvements are it looks like you've got better write speed um, that whole SSHD thing that you were talking about, essentially, um, that's the driver outside and it's looking in. So, okay. There's a couple of parts of the driver is usually, you know, you get IO requests and it kind of sits on one CPU thread or on two. And if you get that high enough, then, you know, your, your, your CPU is, is going extremely high, uh, perf and, and you're going to get, you know, some kind of possible, performance issues in in the applications you're trying to run just because it's trying to do all of this kind of io stuff and uh so the first part is that they've spread that out so it's more intelligently loads your cpu and the second one is um the you know whole sshd you put the older data that is not used as much on the tlc or or in the case of uh the P41, the, the QLC, and then all the stuff that gets used a lot of is is all put to the SLC. Uh, and so you get really, really snappy performance and stuff that you use a lot of. Uh, so, yeah, you, you, it's, it, you know, overall, it, it supposedly helps performance and makes it feel snappier and your experience is better. And it, you know, competes very well with the SN850X and the, uh, the Samsung 990 Pro. Um, and it's a less expensive product. I mm -hmm. think it pulls less watts, and it doesn't have as many memory channels that I, or did or, or did they increase it from four to eight? I can't remember with this gen, but it's very fast. This is actually another reason to go Solidime if you're considering, say, a Platinum uh, P41. I think is the SK Hynix drive because yep. this is and the they're Solidime. the P41 Pro to make it more confusing. Though the, yes. Okay, because they have Solidime has a P forty four Pro, which is yes. based on the same hardware platform as the P forty one Platinum drive from Hynix, but it uses the Solidime driver. So if you want to and for more, yeah, yeah. So if it's that one, that's not the Solidime one. No, you need P forty one Pro with so. tweaked firmware. Forty four yes. Pro, not the forty one. The forty one, I think, is their S their yes. QLC drive. It really is, you know, it's 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 dramless, and with this, you know, latest firmware and driver and that, it it's performing like a first gen PCI 4.0 drive. So you know, getting up into the four to five gigabytes per second range uh, in reads and writes. So uh, it's nice. Not so nice though. Are Intel's earnings? Maybe they should have kept that storage provision. <laughs> that would have saved them. Maybe not. Josh, do you want to talk? Uh, We'll talk about financials as Intel loses two point eight yeah. billion dollars in a quarter. Yeah, that's 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 their net loss. And that's probably it's the it is the, the biggest quarterly loss that Intel has ever had. And they've been through some 
some rough times. Uh, I mean, they were they were hitting 17, 18, 19 billion. I think they topped out at something like 21, 22 billion a quarter. Uh, this one was uh, what 11.7 billion quarter, a drop of 36% from Q1 of 2022, the year before. Uh, yeah, biggest loss history, and uh, it hurt their margins, got hammered. Is it their data center con- consumer? Which- Consumer or data center, Josh? It's all across across the whole, everything. Consumer, data center, and then plus they they're they're trying to get, of course, the the graphics people up and running, and so you know that's 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 going to be a loss leader until they can you know get more market share and start selling more cards. Um, Not that we know any specs about them because they're rolled up into another uh, portion. The AXG graphics division. So ARC is hidden in there. Yeah, they, so got, know. they got moved. Yeah. We can't see exactly how much they made or lost there. Yeah. So that, I think they went to the, the big data center group, um, which is, you know, something they're hoping to capitalize on with uh, these products and in the data center. And they're moving forward with that. But, uh, you know, they're, they're pouring money into process technology. They're trying to get multiple new stuff up and running. We've got a new... Um, process in the second half of this year. I can't remember which lake, river it is. Um, Meteor Lake. Is that what it is? Yeah. I can't remember. Not right. Um, but that's going to be out in the second half of the year. It's a new uh, mobile processor on a, a brand new process technology. They're hoping to roll out, like in the next three years, four different process nodes. Um, whether or not they get to that, I don't know. It's a tough hill to climb. But when they've been, you know, competing with TSMC 7 nanometer fairly well with, you know, the, what they call their Intel 7, which was kind of a tweak Intel 10 nanometer. I know it gets crazy and, and silly. Uh, but, yeah, they're still pouring money into that. They're they're trying to get uh, fabs up in Arizona, up and running. Um, they're trying to get their manufacturing uh third-party manufacturing going as well and so a lot of these things it's a perfect storm of you know covid pricing going down and buying going down because for the last two years companies and people have been buying a tremendous amount of technology and finally they're actually using it and there's no need to upgrade here for a while for a lot of these groups you know three to five years is it's kind of a, a standard upgrade uh, cycle for not only just people, but but companies. So, yeah, they're in the doldrums. And uh, they're expecting to have a little bit better performance this current quarter. And they're going to narrow their losses from what they are saying. Uh, but we have yet to see. Um, AMD is still very, very competitive. Uh, NVIDIA is very, very competitive. Um, and they are still doing well. But yeah, Intel really, really took the big hit out of all of them. But look at this statement from Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger. We delivered solid first quarter results, representing steady progress with our transformation. I mean, they're focused on. Uh, Is there a paradigm end? shift in there? Anywhere? No, it's a macro. Exactly, no. It's a macroeconomic outlook on this yeah. particular one, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like see. how they used to, how macroeconomic is the new term for uh, recession. Yeah. <laughs> uh, costs are up, buying is down. Uh, we're raising competition interest rates is, is constantly. Fierce. Uh, I mean, the loss the, of the value of the dollar. When are they going to catch up with the epic price performance core count ratio? New architecture, more efficient architecture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to take AMD. a gen or two. Are we going to talk about AMD financials? I can feel like have they released why, those? Why yet? not? I mean, we just no. yeah yeah. That was uh, what two days ago. Mm. Uh, they 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 lost money like yeah. one hundred thirteen million uh, on sales of what five point two no five point four billion uh, revenue and a loss of. Uh, 145 million. No, net loss of 139. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so it was a loss, but it wasn't horrible. I mean, they 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 got up to what around six billion last year, I think Q2 of 2022. And so they've dropped, you know, quite a bit. But 
their year to year is not nearly down that 36% that Intel saw. Uh, their data center is still going strong. Um, their gaming is doing really well. I mean, Sony is selling a tremendous amount of PS5s. Uh, Microsoft, not nearly as much with their Series X and Series S, but it still adds that list. Um, AMD right now is is kicking it pretty good in terms of uh, efficiency and uh, performance per dollar on their 6,000 series. Uh, the 7,000 series still haven't, you know, really helped bump them up at all. I don't know if it will for a while, but they are both Intel and AMD still have a lot of inventory out there. I think AMD's something like $4.4 billion worth of inventory. I don't know how they always count it out, but it's something like uh, 60 or 75 days worth of, of inventory. And usually they try to keep it around 30. And so we've got a lot of parts out there, both CPUs and GPUs and FPGAs. But uh, the Z-Links, uh, that's finally... Um, they paid that they, off They now. finally have good... Yeah, they, they had a good quarter sale, so it really helped add to the the bottom line. So AMD weathered this one a little bit better. Uh, they expect, you know, some improvements next quarter, and they're able to, you know, they, they think they can cut some of those losses. But, uh, yeah, they, they lost $139 million versus Intel's $2.8 million. Yeah, I keep I keep Eight. forgetting that a, I keep forgetting that AMD has sort of that console uh, revenue to kind of pull mm-hmm. them along and kind of uh, underpin some of their earnings and sell through. You know, it slips my mind occasionally that they're not in sort of this. They're in different markets than Intel in in, in that regard. Yeah, and they don't have the overhead of operating their own yeah. loss making fabs. So, and even TSMC. Uh, they recorded not fantastic wow. uh, uh, issues, and and there's something like you know they have thirty percent fall in in uh, uh, wait for orders. So I mean yeah. they're not at capacity at at four, five, six, and seven nanometer um, for the first time in how long? A long time. Yeah, you was going to fix Intel. Yes, yes, I do. Marketing. Yes. Yep. Market. Do you mean you uh, hyper Legonet? Intel's solution to market share is to rebrand as Intel. I'm what? sorry. Could you spell that? N T E L. Is that true? Is that a, is that just something that Jeremy made up? No, that's funny. a little bit of hyperbole, but not much. <laughs> but it is what happens when you run with scissors. <laughs> oh. So what about this uh, thing? I saw the graphic that showed Ultra. Instead of yes. i5, it's just going to be like 5 Ultra. So, so the core is going. Oh. It'll no longer be a core i something. But core and was rumor, core to their business. But just like you had an entire generation of people where it's not Intel, it's Pentium. Mm-hmm. You've oh. got a generation now where it's, no, it's not Intel, it's core. Intel isn't at all on the top of their mind. They're buying a core i something. But no, it was a benchmark that was spotted that uh, listed an Intel Ultra... 1003H as a processor model. And this, of course, took off. But then the thing is that someone at Intel confirmed that, yeah, we're doing a rebrand. They didn't confirm it will be Ultra, but uh, they are definitely dropping the core. And Core has meant Intel for so long, I don't see this working really well. I guess Ultra is so kind of fancy. Are they dropping the I designation too? Is that what that yeah. article said there? So. So it was an I7, Intel I9. Ultra 1003H. Oh, Interesting. No I, no nothing. Oh. Hmm. But I mean, when you have to start saying oh, Intel well. i9 13900KS, it's, yeah. it's a bit more. I mean, long. they got rid of Pendium ages ago. I mean, it's still around in, in the low end stuff, but they seem to survive. People get over. People thought Athlon was a dumb name to begin with. And why would you get rid of the, you know, the K series where, you know, everybody knew the K5, K6 and going on to the K7. But, you know, people need something fresh. Marketing needs to have a job. They need to do I, something. 
I, I think honestly, they're just trying to sidestep the, the comparator between five, seven, nine AMD Intel. I think that's they're trying to they're trying yeah. to go. Oh, follow us now, AMD. Intel's well, there's new processors are going to be called Ryzen, so it's going to be Intel Ryzen five. Oh, Intel Ryzen. 9. <laughs> it's not. It's they're going to spell I, it differently. I so. saw what you did there. Um, <laughs> hey, Josh, uh, trivia time. What did the K okay. stand for? What did that signify with uh, with the kryptonite? Radius? Yes, see, it was kryptonite because Intel was Superman, but they had the kryptonite. Yep. For our next story, we'll real quick check in on uh, videocards.com with Intel Battle Mage rumors. Intel four nanometer Battle Mage and three nanometer Celestial GPU architectures teased by company employees. Well, there was some question as to whether or not, hey, are they still in this? Are they still going to be making this? But it looks like a couple of employees have updated their profiles on certain uh, you know, social uh. media sites to say, hey, working on the next gen four nanometer GPU or working on the next gen three nanometer GPU. Hmm. So you can see a couple of those um, those profile. Kind of. Yeah, I see uh, what it says. Like worked on a yeah. four nanometer project. Worked yeah, on a three worked on three net, uh, entire discrete graphics chip. So, uh, is this you know, and those align, correctly? well, maybe, maybe not. No, those I mean, align. Certainly not discrete, <laughs> no matter how you look at it. If you still not really mean. Uh, <laughs> but those align with Battle Mage and, and Celestial. Yeah. So I agree. Rumor category. Look, just because somebody's padding their resume with stuff doesn't mean uh, that it's coming. Uh, but I, I yeah, but hope it is. We're, we're begging for scraps here, Intel. Please stay in the game. We, LinkedIn we profiles. I mean, are they as good as press releases? You can mine them. I'm not sure. Um, so, and sometimes uh, just as uh, purposeful. People, or I should say companies do that on purpose. Go, oh, oops, did we leak that? Oh, sorry. Hey, speaking of purposeful, Josh, remember when you were making this hot take that kind of took off, took the internet by storm when you were saying mm. that ARC isn't just... You know, entry-level graphics back when we just had Arc A380. It's a multi-monitor powerhouse. Where else were you going to get four simultaneous monitor support like that? And comparing it basically to like Matrox, like they were the, the ones you went to for multi-monitor. Mm -hmm. what, what's this? Guess the what Matrox happened. Luma series is... Josh called it. Intel-based. Matrox goes Intel. Sorry, AMD. Matrox... Luma series. Uh, you know, I guess the Matrox also had some older generation NVIDIA chips as well. Really? So they, they picked from the crop in multiple ways. But yeah, you know, when they when they uh, the A three eighty came out, sure it's it's three D performance was not great. Okay, it was bad. But the output uh, functionality and the encode and how well it, you know decodes and, and does video streams and all of that was really, really high end. Yeah. Um, for, for such an inexpensive card and Matrox is taking advantage of these very inexpensive chips. I'm assuming they're inexpensive for them. Yeah. Um, and slapping them into these cards because Intel wants to sell chips and they're going to take Matrox as a partner because why not? Uh, <laughs> Matrox had, I mean, the, you can use, I guess Matrox responded to us that, you can use the Intel drivers if you want, but only the Matrox display drivers will work on the Matrox products. So yeah. you have some flexibility there as well, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, you definitely want to stay with the Matrox stuff because it's it's closer to the you know the design of, of what they're trying to do uh, with you know signage and multi monitor and and that kind um, of stuff. Sebastian, I couldn't help but notice you were visually mouse scrubbing on the connector there. Why, I why love were you doing the that? split edge connector here that only has yeah. uh, by eight um, actual uh, pads, like traces. You yeah, know, that's confidence. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're confident. There's a, there's a fanless, low profile version. There's a single slot blower. That's going to be. It'll be in, in, all in, all in, in all fairness, the, sure. the Intel GPUs do seem to be quite well suited to AI and uh, machine learning loads. So that's not a bad play for them. Let's look at a report from WCCF Tech. Now, there had been rumors that NVIDIA was going to be limiting GPU production due to excess inventory, which could lead to GeForce RTX 40 price cuts if things don't improve. 
right oh no i mean obviously. i love i love no. the sound of the beatings will continue unless you start buying these and i mean that's kind of the way that this comes across to me is like you guys better start buying these or else did, did you see that uh this article points out that normally there's about a 90 day supply in the in the in the chain okay. of, uh, of a particular piece of, of, of products and and you know, particular SKUs, they're up to 200 plus days worth of NVIDIA oh, GPU oh, supply. Oh, oh. Hey. And the pain, the pain is it's bringing. The the demand well, the was there. there. Doing nothing but costing money. The, the problem is just timing. Because if you had that 200 day supply in 2021, yeah. they would have sold oh. every single one of those GPUs. You had a zero day supply. Uh-huh. It's like just in time manufacturing back then. Whatever you make, you sell immediately yeah. on pallets literally people sitting on the yeah. end of the line <laughs> so it's just unfortunate Josh, that processed node now latest stuff takes four to six months yeah from the yeah start of the wafer till finished product my my favorite two words out of this particular article is economic devaluation that's i'm just going to leave you with that and just cry I, those I crocodile tears it. for nvidia and just say, yeah. God, oh, help us. Please, please buy. Please buy. No, sorry. <laughs> you needed a tissue. I, I actually did need to blow my nose, but I realized I hadn't <laughs> muted myself. It was, so. it was good timing. And timely. And timely, I, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Speaking of timely. Yeah, speaking of timely, I don't know why we're looking at this, but Digital Trends has an article in Video GeForce RTX 4070 versus AMD Radeon RX 6950 it just- XT. It just seemed to dovetail nicely with please buy our GPUs, please. And the 4070, I think, is the poster child for please, please buy it. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's anything's going to fare well against the value proposition that is the 6950 XT and at 599 with 16 gigabytes of GDDR6. Yeah. As you know, in the comments section of any GPU article anymore, the only thing anyone talks about is VRAM. So it's just... It's the kiss of death, like the 4060 Ti rumors and the, okay, the police, so the police chase happening. Right you know, I mean, whatever you've got going on outside there, There's but I, I, I think, I think a lot of these comparisons simply boil down to, if you like your ray tracing, probably buy the NVIDIA. If you don't care so much about that, probably buy the yeah. RX 6950 XT. If you don't mind the lack of bragging rights for being on last generation, if you can stomach these the social awkwardness of telling people that you're only on last gen AMD, if you can get over that and just enjoy playing your games, you'll be fine. I don't think that anybody would- laugh because you bought groceries and they didn't. I don't think it's socially <laughs> awkward to say I'm on last gen AMD <laughs> when every single last gen AMD had 16 gigabytes of VRAM. Oh, yep. there it is. So you if, just you just laid that. How out embarrassing the table. would it be to say, "Yeah, I just got the new uh, six gigabyte you know, Nvidia card, eight gigabyte card uh, for four hundred dollars." That's going to be embarrassing because people are going to say, "You fool! You could have bought." Yeah, yeah I, I have a twelve, used. you know, gig. Yeah, that's for three fifty. It's not enough anymore, yeah. Josh. Because uh, no. these modern your games textures, allocate, they allocate all your, your textures. RAM. They allocate yeah. all your RAM, and then it looks like you're out of RAM. <laughs> yep. Your textures yeah. don't load, Josh. You don't even know this, but your textures don't fully load. When I buy a so mid-range there. GPU, I fully <laughs> expect to be able to play at ultra textures at 4K. And of course. Right. Yes. With 12 That's gigs right. of RAM. So no, you just, just can't. can't do it. Basically, buy whatever fits your budget. Yeah, make the yeah. most of what you have. Yes. That's that's what and it's all about. It Don't forever. be embarrassed by and buying last gen. Don't be embarrassed by it. Just buy Don't be it. embarrassed by your Core 2 Duo box that can't even get on nope. the modern internet anymore. It's fine. <laughs> nope. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. There's nothing it's wrong fine. with dial-up performance just, on broadband. Just because you need to proxy through that that iMac, that's fine. <laughs> Not everybody does things like that. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Everything in my house goes through a 2009... It's Uni- a, Wait, did it's they a, have the unibody iMac in 2009? No, they did not. No, it's it's a headless it's a headless white uh, you know very small iMac and you know, whatever. Wait, uh, white? It's a it's a it's a Intel Core it's a Two era. Okay, so it's I a guess domed I iMac oh, okay. with that really cool silver arm behind it with the adjustable monitor on it. It's I have, awesome. I have one on the floor 
over by the furnace, actually, that doesn't oh, work. I need to throw it. Why do I keep awesome. this stuff? Because the screen has mercury in it. You can't just throw it away. You got to take it to a recycling center. And it's, that and it makes a really cool desk lamp. Eventually, you should do maybe. it. Maybe that no, that's the yeah. G4, and I do have multiple oh, G4s. Okay. I'm a G. I was yep. a G4 collector at one point, and I've sold most mm-hmm. of them. Uh, it's, it's I've led a weird life. Let's pause here for a word from our podcast sponsor. As a software engineer, it's not always straightforward to find just the right place to practice your craft. People like us can often find it difficult to settle into just the right role for our careers. Well, consider Bloomberg. They're out there working to build a top-notch information network for financial professionals, and they're looking for engineers to join their team. Personally, I know that I've always wanted to work on challenging projects that had real impact on actual shipping products and services, but sometimes that has just not worked out. While I've not yet worked for Bloomberg, they're forward-looking and are building tools their clients will come to rely on for systems that matter in solving real-world complex problems across global capital markets. They're working in real-time market and enterprise data with sophisticated analytics that are touched by over 350,000 financial professionals. Bloomberg systems operate at tremendous scale with over 300 billion, yes, B is in billion, market messages daily. So many of you will already be up to speed on the majority of Bloomberg software as it's built in C++, JavaScript, and Python. So you're obviously not going to get locked into a proprietary shop as Bloomberg's engineers are active members of the open source community in both leveraging and making commits back to many projects. Learn more about the opportunities that await you by visiting Bloomberg.com careers. That's Bloomberg.com careers. We're back, and it's Security Corner. And our first story is from Bleeping... No, it's not from Bleeping Computer. It's from nope. Tom's <laughs> Hardware? Okay, what's what? going on? AMD TPM exploit, a fall TPM attack defeats BitLocker and TPM-based security. This looks like they have to have physical access to the laptop, though. But They I mean, definitely you could, do. You could steal now, one. Now, AMD moved their TPM kind of into firmware... Whereas Intel has the kind of, you know, the external chip Um, for protective purposes and for, I think there are other ease of implementation purposes. AMD kind of brought that uh, onto on chip. So unfortunately it's, it's susceptible to a combination firmware hardware hacking and this hardware contraption for those of you watching the video uh, brings a, a voltage discontinuity to particular pins on the chip. And then allows a, a sideband software attack, uh, essentially on the chip, which allows a monitor to extract the key, which can then be used to do things like completely decrypt a bit locked disk, because BitLocker fully um, relies upon only TPM based key encryption. So there, are, there's BitLocker, but there are a number of other uh, software packages that only rely on TPM for their encryption keys. And so all of them are susceptible to this. But it does require several hours of physical access and a teardown. So is this a story? It's interesting. Um, is it feasible? I mean, it might be for really motivated, highly uh, capable nation states, uh, uh, things of that nature. But this isn't a drive-by uh, uh, style of attack. Um, but it is interesting to note that they're susceptible to this. And Intel is not, actually, the nope. way that they did the way they did that. Jeremy, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that one. No, it's only that because it's essentially using a uh, voltage manipulation to crack it, there isn't really a fix for it. Because, yeah. I mean, Perfect. it's... Yeah. So AMD's got some thinking to do about how they uh, deal with TPM <laughs> over the next generation. Oh, and this was Zen 2 and Zen 3, unknown as if Zen 4 is susceptible to this attack or not. Next story, the topic of AirTag safety. People are are concerned about it for good reason. Legitimately so. Yeah. Apple has announced a major new partnership with Google. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you know Steve Jobs <laughs> is truly dead. It's not just a rumor; <laughs> it's real. Because he went, he went thermonuclear war on them. If you don't remember, true. And but the troll is gone, isn't partner. he? The little troll isn't the little troll from Google gone? The little what was troll? his name? Eric. Eric, the co-founder of Google. Yeah, the little troll. Okay, little isn't that what he called him? You're not getting. Uh, Invited no, to not. his next pool no. party. That's for sure. Google will stop hiring me. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So this is uh, about the legitimate concern regarding uh, air tags being attached to people, bags, cars, houses, you know, what have you, uh, so that people can uh, be located or tracked or found. And this is uh, a, a good story in security. Uh, you don't often get a chance to talk about these. Google and Apple are are collaborating on a methodology, an API, a uh, specification, uh, so that automatic tracking of air tags uh, is brought to uh, all mobile devices. Apple has this already, where an alert uh, can come up on their phone uh, or their their iOS systems that say, "Hey, a, an unauthorized or a, an air tag that doesn't belong to you has been moving with you for some period of time." You know, you might want to look out for that, and that's kind of always on and always been part of iOS. It's sort of bringing the same behavior to uh, Google's OS, and then opening that up as a specification so that it can be implemented by any mobile or, or uh, operating system vendor to say, "Hey, you know, there's this tracking thing that's been a, nearby for a period of time." Not even necessarily Apple's at this point, um, because there are other ones out there like Tile and things of that nature. So this is a reasonable idea for a really sucky scenario that people could take advantage of. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked you didn't go with a complete and utter failure of their uh, rapid rapid response patch. It worked. Did you get it? <laughs> oh, yes. You're, you're part of the 1%. <laughs> In so many ways. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to gaming quick hits. And we... Just had another wildly successful PC port launch in the last week or so. It's another flawless entry yeah. in the PC gaming space. Jedi Survivor. Yeah, apologize. And when they do, it's it's just one little word. <laughs> yeah. So it crashes a lot and it's unreliable. And it's another one of those lazy ports because the priority yep. is always on the console version of the game. Because it sells better and it makes more money. So that's the sad thing about this hobby these days. Now it's it plays second fiddle to these little five hundred dollar consoles. Now we're just a port. <laughs> yeah, I expect a huge patch to come out in the not too distant future, followed immediately by another patch that fixes the things that the original patch broke and didn't fix. Well, in their defense, they're a small company. Like this is a little independent studio, electronic arts. Yeah, it's called. a little tiny. I think I've enough. I think I've heard of them. Yeah, they just don't have enough money, I guess. I mean, the Star Wars franchise is pretty small, too, so... Yeah, it doesn't have much uh, following. They didn't have a lot of uh, expectations. Like, people weren't looking forward to this game or anything. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. They're working So, yeah, they did go through and try and figure out a few settings that seemed to help. Yeah, well, there's been a patch Uh, already, too. The the patch that addressed non-ray traced performance issues a few days ago. But Which is nice. You can run the game. <clears throat> yeah. But no, one of the like EA was trying to say that oh, you, it's uh, highly multi-cored processors that should be running Windows 11, but are still running Windows 10 that causes the issue. And pairing a really powerful GPU with a lower end CPU. And Didn't they get like, the message? Windows 10 is yeah. is dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, get with the program. Get with the program. Far Cry yeah. 2. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Dead Island 2. <laughs> FSR 2. Point 2. Review. This looks like tech power up. Yeah, TPU. What is it all about? No no DLSS. TPU. This, that was the surprising thing uh, for yeah. me. That and, and the comparisons between and, and how they implemented FSR. A lot of it looks pretty good. I, mean, I took some some uh, views. If you scroll down a little bit, there's like the drag bars back and forth between native oh, and, and okay. FS, uh, FSR 2.2. Um, the uh, audio listeners, unfortunately, won't be able to see this quite as well. Um, but uh, if you zoom in on a few areas, I'm like, ah, that's okay. Could have used a little more sharpening in some areas, but most of it looks pretty good. I, I got down to 1080 uh, P and I'm like, ah, FSR needed more sharpening. Um, but the, the takeaway from the, the game is that it's a uh, uh, frenetic and uh, uh, gory and a hell of a lot of fun, I guess. So uh, after 10 years, Dead Island 2 is available. And if you're running uh, an uh, AMD GPU or actually FSR, I think is cross-platform. Uh, definitely uh, give this a spin. Sounds like fun. Yeah, if you're looking at uh, 
1080p. FSR. And I, I didn't like it. Uh, yeah, it's, it gives uh, it sort of like an artistic it. look. It's like a yeah. filter. You wanna, are you calling it oil? Oil yeah, like painting? An oil painting. Yeah, it does. It looks like oil painting. But yeah. I mean, that's that's 1080p. And it's cinematic. Yeah. It is. Yes, like it's it, cinematic. <laughs> what do you want? 14. Chunky pixels, or you want this nice smooth, blurry look? It, I, it looks hand. painted I can get that by taking my glasses off. Every yeah. frame hand painted hand drawn i i think i don't know what graphics card they were using for this particular test but they were getting 160 fps at 1080p so i'm thinking i didn't realize you could zoom in as far yeah you you can can. zoom in and really yeah if you just if you just push into it you can you can get the pixels as big as like now chunks let's look at yeah there you go this thing there you go yeah Ah. The difference is subtle, but it looks like I don't know the shade. Hey, you on the can left see side. more of the bark. You know what I'm is saying? Is that a tree? Um, oh wait, here's yeah. a leaf okay. over yeah. here. Here's here's what I want this? you to do that that shows FSR like two point two in a in a very in a high quality light. Scroll up to the four K. Do do me a favor here. Okay, watch this. All right, there's, lo- there's more pixels the 4K. with four K. I know, I know, but just trust me on this. Okay. See that red and white sign in the lower middle section. Right Zoom here? into that. Yeah, right there. Zoom can into I? that. Punch, how I, punch how in. How can I? I don't know. I don't know. But fi- these, figure these out how to do that. There, there, we go. Go. there you go. Okay. Zoom in on that right there and then scroll back and forth. And honestly, the FSR 2.2 actually renders this with, look at the top part of the sign. Do you see how it's like illegible? Yeah, it's, now it's, now yeah, scroll. you can't read it. It's just like symbols. Scroll. Wow. It's now you still can't, still illeg- but there's illegible. more... It's actually it's slightly, slightly less. It's slightly less. I was actually surprised. I'm like, now, okay, now, now you're overdoing it. <laughs> okay. Wow. You can't. They well, just added white, white pixels. Look, yeah. look at the look at the attention uh, the attention down below. Scroll over the what okay, the white part. You just you just went past. You went too far. Okay. You've gone too. I didn't far. go too far. No, this is called pixel peeping. Brett, we are okay. getting down All to the right. pixel level. Oh now, my let's God. examine this. <laughs> oh, this is okay. This See, is no longer doing, valuable. This, There's like this a whole no undervalue that doesn't exist. Um, look at all I'm this going stuff. Home. I'm going that's home. being added to this <laughs> What's sign that here. pixel up there? <laughs> way Why is there more pixels. A great pixel? It's way more pixely than it was before. It looks like it's a bunch of averaging. This looks smooth to me. Then you add all this averaging in, or not really averaging. This is average. What am I saying? Averaging is when you take nine pixels and you turn them into one color. This is the I, opposite. I, I think of that. the, I think the answer here is clear. It's just it's not for the neophytes among us. It's for the pixel connoisseurs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you like chunky pixels, like I said, go ahead, run it at native with no AA. But if you like that artistic look, that looks like Monet came into your house and painted the game for you frame by frame. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. So you know, you know what they, I, I forget who said it, but, but comedy prolonged becomes tragedy. Becomes tragedy. It, it moved into tragedy here, didn't it? We're, okay. We're, we're, we're yeah. in tragedy. Yeah. We're going to very quickly look at a couple of reviews. One of them for a couple minutes and the other one for like a couple seconds. This one is G-Skill Trident Z5 RGB. It's DDR5 7200 CAS 34. This is ridiculously fast memory. I know memory's up to like 8,000, maybe even 8,200 right now, but this is practical like insanity here because you can just run an Expo Pro, I'm sorry, no, Expo? No, XMP profile. Mm. on intel the sky's the limit and these kits are getting ridiculous and this particular one is programmed for 7200 megatransfers per second at 34 45 45 115 and 1.4 volts which is fine on intel. Sorry. <clears throat> oh okay okay now a reader left me a comment because i said when i was looking at the typhoon burner readout that's a program that lets you look at the readout of the uh, the dim Typhoon Burner does not specifically list, uh, like it sometimes does, it'll say like MDI or ADI right here under die density and count. But I was told that if you look at the serial number, you will identify it that way. And this one ends mm-hmm. in an A, which he says means it's ADI and not MDI. So if that matters to you, these Trident Z5 RGB modules are Hynix ADI. They are single rank and they are very fast. Here's a look at the readout from CPU-Z on the memory and the SPD tabs when I had this installed. It runs, no problem, one click, and you're running at 3,600, 34, cast latency, 
Nice. And I, I ran some tests because that's what you do when you test memory. And in ADA64 memory benchmark, you can see, of course, there's always scaling because this is a memory bandwidth test. You have read, write, and copy speeds. And it's a lot faster than even this 6200 CL36 kit I was using on the Z690 platform previously. And a practical test would be 7-zip. And there's really not a lot of scaling with memory in decompression. No. But compression there is. And just going from, say, stock 4800 CL40 up to 6000 CL34 is a big jump. But then you see another fairly sizable jump uh, from 191,000 and something uh, MIPS to 202,000 and something. So, I mean, it's meaningful, but it's not exciting because it's memory. But it works. It looks nice. I don't know if how you feel about the design of the heat spreaders. They're simple. I kind of like the DDR4 Air, the Trident Z Neo heat spreader better than this. But, you know, when it's in your system, this picture right here, uh, this is what you actually see. You see almost nothing. You just see these lights. That's nice. That's oh, nice. good. Yeah, I was worried they'd be ridiculously bright. No, not really. And you can address them. If you so desire, you can uh, turn them off if you need to. But this kit, here's the thing. it's <clears throat> It started off as kind of on the expensive side because it's so fast and low latency. You always pay for the premium product. Two sixty nine ninety nine was the price. But one ninety nine ninety nine on Amazon when I published this, this review a couple of days ago. So the price has already dropped, $70. But you get yourself a kit of DDR5-6000 CL36 in the same Trident Z5 RGB series that looks identical for $114.99. Savings. So, oh, yeah. No, DDR5 prices have become much more acceptable compared to what they were even like a month ago. It's nice. So, so if you can live with yourself with that 6000 save a lot of money. But if you need... That 7,200 speed. And I'm going to put it on the GPU test bed over here. And uh, not with this GPU, though. Maybe. And then real quick, for a couple seconds, PNY sent over an Elite X Pro 60 gra uh, SDXC memory card months ago, and I completely forgot about it. It was just in a drawer, sealed, and they reminded me about it. And I said, oh, yeah, I never opened that. So I did a quick review because I have a new camera. And I thought, why not put this in the new camera? One of those ubiquitous uh what is it the z v e 10 yeah z v e 10 from sony here's a picture of it and i put this in it and this is a v60 memory card which means it's like video rating minimum 60 megabytes per second right and if you look at what these z v e 10s which are very popular like youtube camera very good camera actually same sensor as the rest of the a6000 line it'll record 4k at up to 30p I prefer 4K24, mm -hmm. but it records at 100 megabits per second with the XAVC-S 4K, and it's obviously... It doesn't it's like, take you long to fill that up, does it? No, it does not, and, but it, it's 12.5 <laughs> megabytes per second that you're filling yeah. it with. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> this camera has ridiculously fast burst mode. These alphas will do, with mechanical shutter, 11 frames per second in continuous. Mm -hmm. I started shooting on this empty card, and I had, after a few seconds, I just did 11 FPS bursts, waited for the camera to catch up, and started over again. And after about five seconds, I had 3.58 gigabytes of raw photos on the memory card. <laughs> so I was just like, wow, I can fill this up really fast. And then when I transferred it back to the computer, it was it's fast. Here's the thing, though. The rating of this card is up to 280 reads, and it exceeds that. But the writes were below 80 not 180, which is what it says on the card and the package. So better performance mode in Windows enables you to uh, turn on write caching. And that's what I normally have to do to get the best performance out of these plug-in drives. And this one does not support it. So I oh. could not enable write caching. I could not find a way around it. Anyway, uh, I was able to get, I think I saw 262 megabytes per second when I was transferring video files over. Smaller files like these ARW files, the RAW from my camera, it was going between 230 and 240 over a long period. Like I was transferring four gigabytes of photos over and it's fast. I mean, 200 plus megabytes per second from, you know, the memory card to your PC is fine. And the, even at 70 to 80 megabytes per second, the card writes far faster than you would need to for anything other than a cinema camera that does greater than 4K or is doing one of those ridiculous codecs that are like 600 megabits per second. 
which do exist, but get a V90 for that. And in fact, my last PNY card that I looked at was one of their V90 certified cards, and it is really fast. So this one is $62 for the 256 gigabyte card. I've noticed that the 512 is already selling at a discount. But if you compare to other <clears throat> V60 cards, there's not a ton of them out there. It's it's half the price of a SanDisk Extreme Pro V60. And, and you still it, get your guaranteed 60, so. Exactly. You're getting guaranteed 60, and it's it's cheaper than the Lexar Professional V60 card. The only one that it was sounds like it's quite serviceable in many 4K capable cameras, even at uh, video speeds. If so. if you're just doing the kind of stuff that I'm doing right now, or if you're recording mm-hmm. YouTube videos, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you're never going to need more than a V60 until you move up to a cinema camera. So yeah, check that out. If you're looking for a V60, it's a way better deal than most of the other options out there. And if you go into a place like Best Buy, like I was the other day, randomly stopped in, I checked out their SD card wall because I'd just done this review and they didn't have any V6, V60 stuff at all. They just had a bunch of V30 hmm. stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yes. Amazon, one place, but yep. Amazon.com is a uh, B&H, B&H, a retailer Probably. that I've oh, yeah, discovered. B&H it's time for picks of the week, and Josh is going to get us started. You know, this is a shock. It may be an SSD. It might be the Solidine P44. Yeah, they new firmware, new drivers, and two terabytes for. Uh, less than 170. In fact, I think I saw less than that on Newegg for like 147. So, Oof. wow. Keep your ear to the ground. These things are really good drives and uh, they're just getting so in- inexpensive. It's wonderful. And yeah, the uh, drivers seem to work and uh, the firmware and the, the toolkit, which is really handy to look at things and benchmark and update firmware and all those good things. So, yeah, good job on that, Solidime. Yeah, I'm looking cool. forward to see how it reacts with the SK Hynix. But you might find that you're Canadian, and so mm. therefore the mm. price on that P44 mm. Pro is not $150. It's it's nowhere close to that. But if you can deal with something a little bit older, the Western Digital Black SN850K, or X, rather, all of the sizes are on special right now. Um, for between 33 to 38% off. So you can actually grab yourself a two terabyte drive for just a hair over a 10 cents a gig. But it isn't going to beat Josh's in benchmarks, but it's going to be more than enough for just about anything you're probably doing. So yeah, if you're, if you're shopping this side of the border, that's actually a pretty good deal for storage right now. I'm here to remind you to just pause just for a few minutes and stop buying NVMe storage and think about what's coming up next week. This is a hey, public service announcement. Maybe my mom wants some NVMe storage. Well, probably next she week. doesn't. Next my week, sister Coming up does. next week, consider this your public service announcement warning. I might do it again next week, but this is your one-week warning. Okay. For goodness sakes, remember your mother on Mother's Day. Uh. Here, the benchmark... I liked this one because it was called the Benchmark Bouquet. What I, is I the score? It what is rank. its uh, benchmark rating? This uh, this bench uh, this benches at several uh, um, amounts of uh, pretty flowers. I think that's uh, it's a, the pretty flower mark is fairly high on this one. Uh, you can order a flowered bouquet with vase ready to uh, uh, inhabit a, a table at at your previous uh, home. Uh, delivered from Amazon. Amazon. How does the water stay in the uh, the vase or it doesn't, vase? Uh, you need to you need to supply your own water once it arrives. This they is your, actually deliver this? live things. Oh, look at that. It's sideways. Exactly. On your front step. They do. Oh. They do. Consider this your public service announcement, folks. Stop buying NVMe storage just for one week. Get your mom some flowers at least. Nice. Mm, least I just looked through my my benchmark. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I still have the texture filtering test and source from 2002. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get that puppy out and I'm going to load the arc back up and see what kind of anti-so filtering, if it is angle independent, if it's that high quality or if they're doing something goofy. I'm curious because nobody tests that stuff anymore. Oh, I don't know. I think your pick of flowers is a little bit weird. Yeah. A white lily means virginity. 
you know, it's got pink roses mixed in there as well. well that, I mean, that's I happiness. Think, yeah, that's happiness. I think the bouquet, so. the bouquet might be selectable, but the the reminder is not selectable. Because yeah, remember, kids, there is a language of flowers that exists, and some people know about it's true. it. So it's true. You can it's true. Uh, make some very. What does yellow statements. mean? Isn't yellow love? But uh, yellow meant love. Because everybody thinks red roses, but I thought a, giving a yellow rose to somebody was significant too. It probably is. Mm. I had to restart my laptop. I had to hard reset it by holding down the power button because my screen went oh. black. Jealousy. Remember, oh, yellow rose. Jealous. Uh, jealousy. Decrease of love or infidelity. Oh, oh it was something so else. no. Maybe it's a different Skip country. the yellow roses then. Maybe Don't it's, do maybe the it's yellow a Canadian. Ro- maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't yeah. know. In Canada, <laughs> yellow rose means this. <laughs> well, Sebastian, Enjoy it sounds like you had, a, uh, you had a forced Microsoft update, is what it sounds like to me. I don't so, know. You know that's, it's usually not a black screen; it's a blue screen. I know uh, they don't even do blue anymore. They've got a nice calming okay. new color. Well, right, it's all just a QR code. The QR and, code that does yeah. nothing. This one didn't even do that. Okay, that'll be power then. Uh. <laughs> My pick this week, real quick, it's a YouTube channel recommendation. I don't know if anybody in the audience is a musician at all or a, just a, somebody who noodles around at home on a guitar. But if you haven't noticed lately, this is depressing because I haven't been paying attention to guitar gear at all for a couple of years since the last time I bought an amp. And guitars have gotten crazy expensive. Amps yes. have like almost doubled in price. It's all, it's just like graphics cards. It's just like everything. <laughs> Uh, it has not left that industry alone. So uh, I am not even motivated to watch music gear videos because I can't buy any of the stuff that I want. But there's a very entertaining channel I stumbled upon. It's kind of like if Bill Murray did a guitar gear channel. So I don't extremely... quite get that, but I do. I've watched him before. And I oh, okay. get kind of, it's not kind of, of. I mean, he's Canadian. He's from Ottawa. His name is yeah. Landon Bailey. Mm, that automatically yeah. makes him odd. He's he's got a very offbeat sense of humor, and he does a lot of like silly. I don't even know how to describe it. I figured out what was going on when I <laughs> that it was supposed to be humorous. When I saw one of his videos was how to ship a guitar, I'm like, okay, what is his recommendation? Because I have my own methods. And he was talking in great detail over this video footage of him packaging up a guitar until I realized that he was just playing an unboxing in reverse and then offering color commentary <laughs> over it. <laughs> but uh, it's very good. Watch his channel if, if you want to. All right. And that is the PC Perspective Podcast for the week of May 3, 2023. And uh, thank you for making us a part of your day. Yes. We appreciate you. Your evening, your morning, wherever it is you are. All of you. All of you. All four or ten of you. No, there's hundreds of people. All right. Okay. Maybe this is. We're into this. Okay. Okay.